Okay, and for our first message, I'm glad he decided not to go back with the Sabbath classes. Uh, it's gonna be brought to us by Mr. Curtis Whiteley, and his message is Treasures of Heaven. Good afternoon. Wonderful to see everyone here again on another beautiful Sabbath day. I got a question for us today to start out with. I want you to think about this one, because it's going to be different for all of us. What is one of the most prized possessions that you have? It doesn't have to be valuable monetarily. It might be something sentimental. It's going to be different for all of us. I'm not talking about people. Of course, we can say, you know, our children. I'm thinking material, physical things. What's the most prized possession that we have? I asked my daughter this question. Her blanket was her most prized possession. I remember growing up as a kid, as a kid being in that similar situation. I had a bear, and that was the most important thing. And if you knew me back then, you knew that I couldn't go anywhere without that bear. But maybe it's, you know, something like an antique. Maybe it's a coin collection. Uh, maybe it's a signed or autographed baseball or football, some football star or something that, uh, or foot baseball or sports star that you, that you are a fan of. As you can see, the title of my message today is Treasures of Heaven, and that's what we're going to talk about. Jesus spoke quite a bit about treasures, and specifically, he spoke quite a bit about money. In fact, according to a guy, an author, by the name of Randy Alcorn, he wrote a book called Money, Possessions, and Eternity, more than 15% of Jesus' words in the New Testament is devoted to the topic of money. Treasures. And we know that treasures, as Jesus talks about, is more than just money. It can be other things as well. But it, typically, when we think of treasures, wealth is up there as one of the number one categories that people value and treasure and try to accumulate. And so as I was talking to Mr. Hope before services, what I'm bringing you to today is nothing really new. It's actually rather simple. We were talking about sometimes these simple lessons from the Bible are some of the most important things that we need to hear. And so today we're going to look at just three passages specifically that Jesus spoke on. On the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew the 6th chapter, verse 19 through 21, and I have one main point. And under that main point, we're going to talk about three reasons why we should try to live by this one main point, this one theme. And that theme, that point is, make your treasures heavenly. Real simple. Not complicated. Easily, easy to understand. Make your treasures heavenly. Because in Matthew, the 6th chapter, verse 19 through 21, after Jesus has been speaking to the crowds, it seems to be somewhat early on in his ministry, he's talking to them about all different kinds of things, and many of the things that he's saying are kind of going against the typical way that people think about things. And Jesus says, breaking in to verse 19, do not lay up, for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy 
and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so looking at this main point, make your treasure heavenly, we have to ask the question, what does Jesus mean? What's he talking about here? Treasures. You know, how would we define that word treasure? You know, treasure is anything, if you think about it, that is of value. It can be monetary value, where it's valuable to everybody, or it can be something that's just only valuable to ourselves. Wealth or riches seems to be one of the biggest parts that Jesus talks about, that the Bible talks about, when it comes to the way people in this world treasure things. People want to store up treasures. They want to accumulate especially in this time in, in history, as well as our own, precious metals, money, jewels, things that have a high monetary value. But it can be anything that is greatly valued or highly prized. Now, I want us to think about this. We already asked the question, what are some of the things that we most value, we most, one of our most prized possessions? Let's think about the, the world we live in today. You know, what are some of the things that people value and people treasure People try to accumulate in today's world. I think that it's really easy to think about some of the big ones, like, you know, cars. People like, you know, they value cars. That's very, you know, people treasure their vehicles. People uh, are willing to spend a lot of money on vehicles. How about electronic devices? Right now, I am coming to you with my notes on electronic device. And so, as it's become, it's the way of the world. And these things can cost, you know, any range of money almost. But people value and highly treasure their electronic devices. How about their houses? I mean, it's a big thing that people, you know, in our history, sometimes people will put their worth on these things. You know, the bigger houses, they want more house, they want more car, as we just mentioned. Bank accounts. You know, how big is your bank account? How many zeros are behind your bank account? How much money do you make in a year? What's your salary? Those are some things that people use as treasures. Then there's some not-so-materialistic things, like titles behind names. You know, we all have maybe met that person that you meet them, you talk to them for a little while, and they want to make sure that you know, hey, notice that PhD or that MD behind my name, or that lawyer, you know, that J JD behind my name, or... Make sure that you understand CEO means chief executive officer or something like that. I'm not saying that that might have literally happened, but we can think about people who really value the titles behind their name. And of course, what that brings is that means that they value the notoriety. This was something really big in Jesus' day. People really valued the notoriety. I mean, let's think about the being called rabbi or teacher was a big deal. It was a very big deal in the first century. But, as already been mentioned, this does not cover everything. To some extent, our treasures are subjective. As the saying goes, one person's garbage is another person's treasure. And we all know that that's true. I know that's true. Because I can just walk into my father's shop right now. 
where nothing has been thrown away for at least 50 or 60 years, it seems like. Which is understandable because a camera from 1950, he might need in the next few years. We have all maybe got a little pack rat in us. Now, with looking at this, we're going to talk about three things. You know, we, we, we want to make sure that our treasures are heavenly. And we're going to look at why we need to make sure that our treasures are heavenly. But we need to also note one thing. Because I think that this is something that's really important. There's a, there's a little caution that we have to think about. Jesus does, and the Bible does, Paul, many of the authors of the Bible, does negatively talk about the warnings or the potential consequences of focusing on accumulating wealth or riches or getting our focus on things that are other than the kingdom of God. But the Bible does not condemn money or wealth entirely. We know that. It's the consequences that they can potentially bring. The Bible is clear that we need to provide for our families, that we need to work, that we need, you know, the Bible's clear about commending those who plan and who save and who, uh, you know, don't just live light without any, you know, you know, thought of tomorrow, but are good stewards to what they have been given. But there is a warning to riches. Because the Bible oftentimes talks about the God of this world, Satan. But there can be other gods of this world to us. And oftentimes, mammon, as it's called sometimes, or money, is a god to so many people. In fact, this is one of these universal, all-time, perpetual issues that all generations have faced. And there's a reason for it. Not only do we have a sinful human nature... Not only do we have an adversary, but we live on a planet that has this thing called scarcity. Now, scarcity, essentially, if you basically define it, is that we have an unlimited amount of needs, but limited resources. In other words, we have all these people living on this earth, and there seems to be, and this has nothing to do with whether God created the earth perfect or whether he created it with you know, not enough stuff, but... We are living in a world where people have to work to get their, their living. And so some people, they value themselves by how much they can accumulate. And that makes them feel, and that makes people even buy into this idea that people are more important. We accumulate more than others. So the Bible is very concerned with those who make their wealth or possessions the center of their life. And that is what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is talking about people who treasure their earthly treasures over the heavenly treasures. Let's go to Matthew, this 19th chapter, verse 16 through 26. And let's read a little story about a guy who have apparently was very wealthy. And he came to Jesus one day. And he started having a conversation with Jesus. It's the story of the rich young ruler. And in verse 16 of Matthew, the 19th chapter, it says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall
shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And so right here we see an interesting story about this rich man that's coming to Jesus. What do I do? I've, I've kept all the commandments. I've done all these things. I grew up as a Jew. I grew up understanding the Torah. I understand all of these commandments. But this new message that you're bringing, you're talking about the kingdom of God. You're talking about eternal life. What do I do? And Jesus said, look, go and sell all your possessions. So does this mean that Jesus thinks that we can't have possessions, that, we have to, that he is somehow against wealth? That's not the point, as the context tells us. But rather... Jesus is telling this man that if you want to be in the kingdom of God, if you want to be a follower of me, I come first. Not your possessions, not your wealth, but me. I am the center of your life. And so this man had a difficulty because he grew up obviously wealthy. We don't know the story. We don't know everything. But obviously, this man had a hard time giving up his possessions. And so in a nutshell, if you think about it, all people who become followers of Jesus, metaphorically at least, have to give up everything for Jesus. And what I mean by that is, is that has to be a real commitment to Jesus first and all those other things second. And so Jesus tells us these things. Don't lay it for yourselves treasure in heaven. And he gives us three reasons. And number one, because physical or earthly treasures are not reliable. They are very easily taken away. It's interesting that many translations render this phrase, store up, as we see, as accumulate. And Jesus tells us why. Why don't we accumulate things on this earth? One of the most common things that people, uh, shall we say it another way, one of the most valuable things in Jesus' day was clothing. Clothing was very expensive. In fact, most people just had one tunic. As there's many different examples of the Bible, someone who had more than one was probably someone who was wealthy. They were expensive. Textiles, as they called them. And so I'm not quite old enough to remember this vaguely, but what does Jesus say can happen to clothing? One of the most valuable possessions in this day. Why do you value something so much where something as small as a moth get in and start eating away. The larva of the moth, and of course used to be and of course, you know, mothballs, right? You know, people would put mothballs in cabinets and drawers and things like that to keep moths away. Same thing with money. You know, precious metals back in these days, which were another thing that was obviously highly valued and something that you'd probably have to use to uh, acquire clothing. What about money? Money can be destroyed. Money can be eroded. Money can start rusting. Money can start being chipped away by mildew and things like that. The things of this earth can pass away. They can wear out. They can get damaged. Or they can easily, just in a split second, be stolen from you. Jesus says simply that where thieves break in, 
still. You know, we have a lot of security measures on this earth. We have banks with you know, security boxes and things like that. We have safes that we can put in our house. We have all of these different things. We have, when it comes to virtual things, there's, there's you know, different ways that we can ensure encrypt, encrypt messages or encrypt things, files or whatever, ensure that they don't get destroyed or they don't get uh, breached or, or hacked. But you know what? Even the United States federal government has been shown to be vulnerable sometimes to certain cyber attacks. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. And so the point is, is that no matter how secure we might think that these things that are, that, that are so valuable to us, that are earthly here, they can be taken away just like that. And if they're not taken away by someone stealing it, and they're not taken away by something eroding it or something destroying it, they can be taken away just by means of us dying just like that. Because we're not taking it with us. We're not taking it with us. Little story, my father uh, recently has picked up a, a hobby that he had when he was younger. Uh, of course, everyone here knows that he was, his primary hobby his whole life has been fishing. Uh, but one of his hobbies, since he was young, was collecting coins. And specifically, rare coins. You know, not just your typical coins, but coins that, you know, you can't, you don't just find everywhere. Well, before I was born, he had a coin collection uh, of silver dollars, of half dollars, very rare coins that he had accumulated for you know, over a, a span of many years. This is before house alarms, this is before all that stuff. This is back in the day when people sometimes just left their doors open. I think their door was locked, but you know, a long time ago, people would just, you know, they didn't even lock their doors because it was a little bit of a different world. Well, those, that coin collection was stolen in a matter of minutes. When I mean, think about that, I mean, coins is kind of a good example. Because if your TV's stolen, well, it's very inconvenient, it might be expensive, but you go buy another one, right? Okay? Same thing with many other different types of material things. But a coin collection, it's not so easy to replace that because many of these coins are rare. You don't just find them everywhere. Sometimes, you know, you just randomly stumble across some of these coins. And so just like that, in a matter of minutes, that coin collection was gone. Which is an example to all of us of just how foolish it is to put too much stock into our material, earthly, physical treasures. Let's talk a little bit about Mr. Solomon. We all know about this individual. Great example of treasures on this earth. A few points about Solomon. In his time, when he was the king over Israel, he was the king when Israel was at its most powerful and during its most prosperous time. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings, the 10th chapter, verse 23, that Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom, that the weight of Solomon's gold equaled somewhere in the ballpark of 25 tons. That's a lot of gold. And that his throne and his drinking utensils were all made of pure gold. You know what? Later on in Solomon's life, he looked back at all that he had acquired and accumulated and realized how temporary all of it was. Let's go to Ecclesiastes, the second chapter. Ecclesiastes, the second chapter, verse 10. I'm reading out of the 
English Standard Version, the ESV. In verse 10, this is what we hear Solomon say, And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and a striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. I mean, what a perspective of someone that had so much, that accumulated so many physical riches on this earth. At the end of his life, he looks back on it, he realizes, you know what? What does this do for me? We're all going to die. We are, we are all going to expire. And we're not going to bring it with us. All this accumulation is going to come to nothing. Like chasing the wind. Like chasing the wind. Again, in Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter, verse 13 through 15, he says, There is a grievous evil that I have seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owner to his hurt. And those riches were lost in a bad venture. And he is father of a son, but he has nothing in his hand. As he came from his mother's womb, he shall go again, naked as he came, and shall take nothing for his toil that he may carry away in his hand. And this is why Jesus says, do not store up riches on earth. These temporary things that you're not going to bring with you, but you are a citizen of that future kingdom of God that's going to be on this earth. And that's where you need to put your focus. So that brings us to the second reason. We see the first reason Jesus tells us this is because we, you know, earthly riches, earthly material treasures, they're temporary. They're vulnerable to being destroyed, being stolen, passing away. But Jesus says, don't do that. Put your treasures, accumulate them in heaven, your heavenly treasures, because heavenly treasures are safe, protected, and eternal. So we have to ask the question. We know what physical treasures are. What are earthly or what what are heavenly treasures? I think a great place to go is the Beatitudes. Let's go to Matthew the fifth chapter, verse three through twelve. We've all read all of these things, but I think it's a good review to look at these things. Matthew the fifth chapter, verse three through twelve. Let's just look at a, a little review. Let's look at all the things that Jesus says. Blessed are they who do these things. Blessed, verse three are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, your treasure that you're building up in heaven. For they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We can just look at all of these things that says, Blessed are you who do these things. 
We're talking about the rewards, the treasures, the kingdom of heaven itself, comfort, the earth, satisfaction, being filled with righteousness, mercy, seeing God, being called the sons of God or the children, and a great reward in heaven. These treasures Jesus spoke of are the rewards that God will distribute to all of his faithful children in the kingdom of God. These treasures are eternal and can be manifested in several ways. Just think about that. You know, we think about treasures. We're going to look at earthly treasures versus heavenly treasures in a minute. We think about that. What are some things that we can be doing? We see the, 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 the Beatitudes here. We see the different uh, characteristics, the different attributes, the different things that we should be doing. We think about good works, which is a dirty word oftentimes in some Christian circles. Devotion of your time to people in need. Seeking to help others like Jesus did. There's a lot of people on this earth that are in need. Let's just think about the suicide rate that we see continually rising among different sectors of the population. We are living in a world that is broken. It's always been broken, but we can see that it's just getting worse. And the love of Jesus Christ is so much more needed every day at this point. There's many broken people out there that need someone, that need Jesus, obviously. But we need to be a tool, be a pencil that God can use to reach those people. Sharing the gospel and the love of Christ with others. Seeking God's goals and, at our, uh, and not our own at every opportunity. Seeking justice, peace, truth. Most of all, using the gifts. Because every one of us has a gift. Using the gift that God has given us to bring and to bear the light of Christ to this world. i got a question for us when we think about these things. How much of what we do is done with eternity in mind. How much of what we do is done in light with eternity in mind? Let's just think about this. One little last thing that's interesting when you think about earthly treasures and heavenly treasures. So when we think about earthly treasures, we think about accumulating, as Jesus said, but we also think about accumulating for the purpose of ourselves. We want to keep. We want to hide. We want to store it up. We want to secure it where no one can get in and get it. It's the opposite of heavenly treasures because we know that in the Bible that the treasures that we are given, that the treasures that we have, Jesus tells us essentially to go and spread those treasures, to give them away, to grow those treasures, to give openly. Think about the parable of the talents in Matthew, the 25th chapter, verse 14 through 30. We're not going to go there. Jesus gives this parable about this, this person who gives so much to each of these individuals, and they would go, and they would be good stewards of the talents, the good stewards of what, what this person had given them. And when the master came back, he looked and said, oh, good and faithful servant, you, you, know, you, did, a little, you did much with the little that you had, but you had this one that took... No uh, responsibility, no stewardness over what he had been given and did nothing with it. Hid it. Didn't do anything to grow it. Didn't spread it around. 
And see, that's what Jesus wants us to do. With what we have been given, God doesn't say, here, I've been giving this for, for you. It's for you. It's for you to enjoy. That's not the way that God works. God works totally different. He says, here, here's what I'm blessing you with. Now, you go bless the world with it. And what I mean the world, whatever you can, whether it be the talent of singing, whether it be the talent of, of counsel, whether it be, uh, or the gift, we could say, the gift of preaching, whether it be the gift of, uh, of just making someone you know, feel comforted, bring the light of Christ in many different ways to many different people. That's what we are to do. We're not to hold our gift. We're not to hold our treasure. God wants us to spread it, which is the exact opposite of the way we think about treasures in an earthly sense. But the last thing that Jesus says, why we don't accumulate treasures on this earth, but we have a kingdom, heaven focus when it comes to the treasures of this life because the heart reveals what we prize most. A heavenly heart will result in a heavenly life. You see, the kingdom of God has not came here yet. We all know that. We understand that. But despite that, we are to be kingdom living right now. We are to be striving to living as if the kingdom of God is here. We are the ambassadors to the kingdom. You know, when an American ambassador goes to China or an American ambassador goes to uh, North Korea or goes to the Middle East or goes to Europe somewhere, they don't stop being Americans. They don't stop living like Americans. Of course, they might do things to partake in the culture of the day or where they are, but they're still Americans. And they're representing the United States. And so in the same way, we are here as citizens of the kingdom of God, even though it has not fully came here yet, of course. Jesus is not ruling and reigning. But we are here today as ambassadors of God to be representatives of that kingdom. The heart defines who we really are. What's in our heart? What's in our heart? The heart is the center of our personality, embracing the mind, emotions, and will. So these are the three things why we treasure things of heaven, not of earth. In conclusion, I'd like for us just to reflect on this idea today. Making our treasures heavenly, not earthly. What is stored up in the cupboards of our hearts? As Jesus says, where our heart is, that's where our treasure is. Is our cupboard full of perishable, temporary, and earthly items? Does the earthly outweigh the heavenly? Because God doesn't say that you can't have possessions. God doesn't say that you can't value things that are physical. Rather, he's saying, and Jesus is telling us, that we don't value the physical over the spiritual, but rather vice versa. Let us remember the logical choice, the safe choice, and the eternal choice of where to put our treasures, which is heaven. And think about spreading those treasures. Think about spreading those gifts and, and the things that we, we can accomplish with those gifts. Let us reflect on the treasures of heaven as we reflect on the words of Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew the 6th chapter, verse 19 through 21.